0: A lot of times when you're just working you, you know I, I use this analogy where you're an engine but you don't know what kind of car you are you know because you're in there you're just you're just working away and you're making this car go uh but after a while i, I stepped back and i'm like yo i'm a ferrari this whole time <laughs> right <laughs> i'm sitting up there firing on all cylinders and i thought i was a pinto they kept telling me i was a pinto you know but i'm actually a ferrari so i went into work one day i was like yeah this is my last day and they were like no you can't leave and i'm like what?
1: Welcome to this week's episode of Listen In with Shamika Pickett, Brandon Green, and Daniel Hill. Hey, y'all.
2: Hey, what's up?
1: Hey, Shamika. So welcome to the Listen In podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Shamika Pickett.
2: I'm Brandon Green. Daniel Hill. Awesome.
1: How are you two today?
2: I'm I'm excited, man. I'm I'm excited about the show. So I get to to hang out with two of my favorite people in the world. So Uh, besides you you two. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> you set yourself up for that one. I was going to say, you sure you're always hanging out with two of your favorite people when we do listen. Right. <laughs> right.
1: How are you doing today, Daniel? I'm
2: good, actually. I'm doing well. Thank you.
1: Good, good. I'm well too. I'm pretty excited as well. I'm excited for a number of re- reasons. I'm excited because we have, actually, not only do we have. Two of Brandon's favorite people who will be joining us today. They're also our very first guests on the podcast.
2: Oh, look at that! Mm. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: so
1: that happened. You're
2: welcome to everybody. After
3: this, we set a real low bar already. I'm about <laughs> Everybody else, every other guest, you're welcome. Yes. I did that for y'all.
1: Yeah, so they are the inaugural listen-in special guest. So that's super dope um, for a number of reasons. And when you hear what we plan to talk about, you'll agree with us. Um, But before we jump into introducing who they are, and the conversations that we'll have with them today, I want to share a couple of announcements with you all. So this will mark episode number nine, and we've decided to conclude this season with episode number 10. So the next episode will be our final episode for the season, uh, but we'll be back in about three months. We're going to take a break, and we'll use some of that time to prepare for season two. However, we want to still remain connected to you um, between the breaks and the seasons, and so continue to follow us on Instagram at Listen In Pod. Um, Join our Facebook group where there will continue to be conversations related to race, faith, and culture. Um, You can find us at Listen In on Facebook, or you can continue to email us at hello at listeninpodcast.com. So this is not goodbye. This is see you later um, or see you soon. Right. So as Brandon alluded to, uh, we have two special guests on the show today and we will talk about black imagination. We'll talk about white supremacy. We'll talk about faith. And as a bonus, we will get to hear what it was like growing up with Brandon so they can tell us whatever (laughs) they want us to know about life with Brandon Green. Let's go right there. <laughs> <laughs> um so i'm gonna turn it over to brandon to introduce these special guests um and then we'll take it from there over to you b all
2: right um i'm gonna I'm introduce them um kind of generically and have them introduce themselves kind of talk about what they do where they're from sort of stuff but um on the show today we have my cousins uh christopher copeland and justin copeland um we essentially grew up like brothers um sharing the same household together for most of our childhood and uh even some of our adulthood, uh, we, we were just <laughs> always proud each other. Um, and so, um, it, I, I'm super proud of them and where they are. Um, since they moved out to LA, left me here solo in Chicago, um, there's a whole bunch of like, you know, you know, uh, resentment associated with that for me, but nonetheless, I'm super proud of where they are and where they've come from. Um, I, I, I can't wait to get into the story of like how we grew up and, and just, just to see where they are, just a whole just just a, just a a testament of God's, uh, their faithfulness to God and God's faithfulness to them, um, a testament of stewardship of their talents and gifts, and also just persevering through these realities that we talk about on a daily basis around white supremacy and some of the realities that 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 can be um, just, just hard to navigate in any sphere, especially in the sphere that they occupy in. Um, Chris, you want to talk a little bit about what you do? Who you are. Yeah, yeah,
3: I will. I will jump in on that. Uh, Thank you guys so much, uh, uh, Daniel, uh, Shemika and Brandon for for having us. Like I, um, I, I'm sure a lot of, a lot of the listeners are are River City goers and um, the the, the history with, with Daniel, with us three and, and with Daniel. I mean, gosh, like, as we were stepping into being adults, uh, is when, is when we met Daniel. And so he's just a, a pivotal part of our lives uh, spiritually and, and just socially just as a, as a homie. So, um, it feels really good to be, to be here and be a part of this, uh, this podcast, but, um, yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll direct will director and animation, um, uh, at DreamWorks Animation, uh, a director and producer, we're producing um, some some animated TV shows there as well, but directing a feature animated movie with DreamWorks. I've um, uh, been out in LA for eleven years now, which is insane mm-hmm. to even think about. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like it was yesterday. I still do. It's that whole thing. I just feel like it was it was just yesterday. But um, time time flies when you're having fun, I guess they say. But uh, it's been it's been really amazing, sort of finding. It was like the time that I moved out here um and was sort of finding myself as a as a as a creative and as a dad and as a husband. We had a my my, my third my Christian who just turned thirteen uh, two days ago. Uh he was one when we moved out here. Um yeah. and just turned two, was just getting ready to turn two. So it's like these weird time markers uh, that's been that's been going on out here. But it's been really amazing, man. Like and then I feel like Justin, you guys moved out here what, probably Seven months after we moved out, yeah,
0: about that much. Yeah,
3: so yeah, it, it it was sort of like we started this journey together, which helped helped that sort of transition uh, a, a whole lot. But it's been really amazing. Working in animation has been pretty cool and, and, and exciting. And I I feel like yeah, there's a lot of really cool um, spiritual and social sort of commentaries that have come from that. Like there's been a lot of crazy experiences on both of those fronts. Um, uh, that, that that I'm I'm looking forward to sort of diving into uh, a little bit more, but that's that's the, the general little bit about me. I don't want to take up seven hours when Justin's got something to
2: introduce. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Justin. Let's hear from you, man.
0: Uh what's up, man? Yeah. So yeah, thanks guys for uh having us uh on the show. Um <laughs> funny, real quick, my I told my wife that yeah, you guys were wanted to like interview us uh on the podcast. And she was like, What? Are you like that's amazing. I was looking at her like uh like I I've am been, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've I've been like in front of like five thousand people, you know, at uh, uh, Comic Con, and she's like, oh, okay, great, but for y'all, you know, she's like hit the hit the ceiling, yeah. you know, she's <laughs> really excited. Do you know um, the Brandon and Jimmy what? <laughs> like, that's that's I my cousin. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like Chris said, we're directing at dream works is dope, but it, it really is a dream come true, um, and. A lot of ways, you know, it, I mean, it's amazing. I've always ever wanted to direct, you know, uh, but then you sort of lament the time that passed by, you know, like uh, we used to kick it every day, 20 hours a day, all of us, you know, uh, and that was so long ago, but it doesn't seem, it feels like it was just, you know, last week, like Chris said. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so like the dream costs something, you know, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. it costs it cost those relationships or whatever. So stuff like this, uh I don't know it it does something to my spirit. I'm really happy right now, you know like a, a, a true kinda... man. <laughs> yeah, I'm really happy right now it, it's a it's a joyous occasion. I was looking forward to this all day, you know so yeah, it's yeah.
2: great, it's great man um so initially when we we kind of pitched this this conversation or like we were talking through this conversation, we were just talking through um i think Shanika Daniel and I were wrestling with um this idea of listening to the black voices um and one of the one of the dynamics that came out from, um, this conversation is, um, the, like, like how do we, um, communicate hope as black folks, you know, uh, how do we engage in hope as black folks? And, and from my vantage point, like it's really hard to have hope, um, uh, without an imagination. Right. Um, because mm-hmm. on some level, if you yeah. only use your reality as a platform to generate hope, um, it'd be hard to generate hope. Right. Um, it, like given yeah. the conditions that we're in this country that we're in, our experiences growing up and so forth. Um, and um, so with, with, without imagination, without the raw material, who God is and who we are, um, it, it's hard to construct. Um, uh, it's hard to construct hope without without imagination, you know. Um, and so mm-hmm. when I when I think through, um, like, what does it look like to 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 have hope and to to aspire for something more than um, than where we are as as a, as, as believers, as, um, as citizens of this country? Um, as folks in workplaces, um, you, it requires an imagination. And, um, and as I was thinking through it, I think there's, there's no two people that I think have, uh, I don't think there's anyone that has a greater imagination than the two of you. Um, to the <laughs> point where when you guys told me you were moving to California without a job, without an idea, <laughs> I, I was the first person to tell y'all, like, that's the dumbest decision in the world. Like, I, I don't know how you're going to take care of yourself. I don't know what y'all going to do. Like y'all living off pennies and stuff. Like y'all was living off a dream, you know. And from my vantage point, it was like it's the dumbest decision you could make. And y'all, y'all just kept pushing. And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I even consulted with Dan. I'm like, this is the dumbest decision they're gonna make. Somebody needs to come out to do this. And I'm like, someone no needs to intervene at some point. Uh, and and just to see where you guys are now is just a you know a, a testament to that that hope that was birthed from imagination and the raw material that God mm-hmm. has given to you all. So. Uh, so I'm blessed to witness it, and it's a testimony to me um, to to see that. Uh, so it, it's 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 just fortunate for me to see that. Um, I, I could talk all day um, about how proud I am of y'all, um, but I do want to hear a little bit about your journey. And I'm sure uh, Shamika and Keith, uh, Shimika and uh, Daniel, definitely want to get in and uh, and uh, ask some questions and stuff. So okay. I'll hand it over.
1: I'm curious. Before you jump in, if you don't mind, this being like the starting point for how where you tell your tell your story from, what was stirring in you that prompted you to make the leap that Brandon described without a solid plan in place? There must have been you had a belief in something. You must have known something um, that wasn't evident to people who didn't know you well, or maybe evident to the natural eye. So, how much insight can you give us into that?
0: Getting away from my family, I'm (laughs) telling (laughs) you.
1: <laughs> That's enough motivation.
3: No, no. Now we'll, <laughs> no, we'll we'll post a YouTube video and give you guys links. We'll talk about Brandon. <laughs> uh, no, honestly, honestly, uh, I, it wasn't. It was in. Uh, I'm 38 now. I'll be 39 in November. I was. I, it wasn't until I was 35. This was four years ago that I found out that I have uh, ADHD. I'm actually on medication for it, and. I bring that up because that was really, that was sort of a big part. Of, like I've always been impulsive. I've always, uh, Brandon and Justin will tell you, like, I, I'm definitely the, you know, uh, jump off a mountain and see if we can fly type dude where it's like, yo, let's go and let's see. And um I, a, a big part of that is, yeah, like a, a lot of it comes from that, that ADHD. Yeah, I'm always over there and over there and over there and over there. And so what I feel like in 2000, it was 2008. I, I mean, gosh, 2003 was the first year that I went to a comic convention and Justin and I, we were trying to break into the comic book industry. And um, I would go to the conventions and people would look at my art and they would be like, oh my, so you go to a convention and they have editors that look at your portfolio and they give you feedback. And every time we would go to one, they would look at my portfolio and they're like, oh my God, this stuff is really great. You're amazing. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yeah, this is great. And then they would say, well, could you draw like this guy? And then we might be able to hook you up with a job. And so it was always just like, they want me to draw a certain way that I didn't want to draw, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, for years, I kept trying to find this like, man, I, I, I'm, I'm a high school, I'm dropout uh, essentially, and I I, 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 know art is the thing. I know something creative is the is the thing. What's the venue? What's the venue? And and so through Deviant Art, which is like a website that came out around the same time as MySpace, um, where artists post their work and get followed by different people. Through DeviantArt, art, I began to get exposed to people in animation, and um, and, and as people started following me, big, bigger names, they was just like, man, your stuff feels real cartoon animation oriented. Like you should come out to L.A. and get into animation, and that that came a couple of years after I decided, like, I'm done trying to break into comic books because uh, I wasn't looking to conform my style. Mm-hmm. I'm like that's a whole story of that's a life of dissecting myself and finding mm-hmm. the things and the rhythms and like that, that appeal to mm-hmm. me and building it. Why, why am I seeking to conform to something without even knowing what the hell I want to do with it? So that was a big thing for me uh, was, was, was a lot of guys in animation going like, yo, you know, like you should, you should move out to LA, man. You got, some, you got some great talent and you're not going to be able to do much with your art in, in Chicago, especially at that time, you know, graphic design or something at some downtown law firm or whatever. But At that point, when I when I started, it was a sense of validation. As an artist, you're you're always seeking validation, especially from other artists. And um, it was at that point that I was just like, man, you know what? Like, I feel like if I don't jump off of this mountain, I'm not gonna know if I could ever fly at all. just not gonna know. And then I got a I got a freelance job, a freelance art job, and they paid me thirty five hundred dollars. My wife and I were like, all right, let's go, let's just do it. And so I, I I was like, let's just move out here. And there was a lot tons more details that, that fell in the into place with that. But it just felt like I needed to be out in LA in order to to express myself uh creatively. So I don't even gotta say nothing,
0: bro. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh I guess my story it it I always felt like Chris was uh sort of like Joseph, cause like he came out and First of all, he's like, I'm going out to L.A. And I was like, no, you ain't. Because they've been saying that for like for years. you know. <laughs> I'm like, you ain't going nowhere, bro. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he's like, yeah, so we're moving. So we're going to come have dinner at our place or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, all right. So they came over. I mean, I'm still not believing it, you know. I'm still not <laughs> believing he's going to move. So he comes over. I like grill. We eat. And then we're like, oh, okay, goodbye. Yay. They're going to California, y'all. Uh, and then <laughs> they get in the car. They get, I'm still not believing it, yo, I'm Still not believing. It. They get in the car to leave. They back out of the driveway and they drive down the street. And I was standing my street. I was living in Crystal Lake, Illinois at the time. Mm-hmm. I was standing in the middle of the street as he was driving off. And I was like, "This fool really leaving." <laughs> like, not were driving off. I was
3: looking at Justin out the window like this.
0: I was like, "Oh yeah." I was Oh man, this dude, this fool really leaving, you know, that, it it finally hit me, you know. Um, So they left, that was in June. That October, I got to, I was like, I'm gonna go visit him, you know. So I went out to visit and he's working at Warner Brothers. And I walked on, uh, they have, Warner Brothers has a few buildings in Burbank. Uh, One of the areas is called The Ranch, it's been around for a long time, um, since I think the 40s. Uh, And they've been doing animation there for years. So it's it's a it's a lot of very old school mixed with super modern, and I and I go in this place and I, it's incredible. There's an old school animation desks, uh, tools of every type, um, and everybody's just sitting around chilling and drawing and getting paid a lot of money to do this. And I'm just like, yo, this is the this is the most next level thing I've ever I've ever seen. And and uh, a lot of times I can hear audibly the Holy Spirit speaking to me. I, at, at that moment, I, it wasn't audible. It was just a feel. It was like being submerged. Mm. I felt submerged in the spirit. I'm just like, this is where you've always wanted mm. me. I, I just had this feeling, you know, like this is where the Lord wanted me, you know. And I, I called my wife. And I was just like, yo, we got to pray, sacrifice a goat, something <laughs> 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 to, to, to for real get that prompting, you know, like, and, and it was almost like God, like, what do you need to pray about? <laughs> You know, this is, this is where I have you. You know, this is where I have you going, you know. So, you know, when I got back, we, we just started putting plans in place, you know, uh, to kind of do it. So, yeah, Brandon, I, I, I think I had, I, I embodied a lot of your fears, too, because it was a life of, I, I struggled with completing things, Yeah, you know. And I remember when we were living in River City uh, for the longest time, it's a different <laughs> story. And I used to watch Daniel, I used to watch Daniel pay his bills every week. And I was just sit there and watch him. Like, look at my man, son. Like, this dude is. It, it was like the first time I saw consistent responsibility, yeah. you know, in a in a in a person like taking care of their business. And mm-hmm. this a brother, I'm watching this brother like kind of help start a church, you know, uh, from the ground up, and a church that's we're talking about things that I don't hear talk about in church, like racial reconciliation, you know. And so going through that, watching him do like the regular to do the life stuff sorry you can hear my wife <laughs> um and that was a that was a huge thing for me you know so like yeah I was scared but I just I felt like I felt prepared at that moment you know mm-hmm. uh, if that makes any sense it, it just seemed like this is the time you know and everything since then has fallen into place in the most incredible way ever and like mm-hmm. it. it the timing of it all is just amazing. You know, we can, we can get into that a little later, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm compelled by hearing um, the internal experience you had when you walked into that space and saw those folks drawing um, and how it prompted you and cemented something in you. It reminds me of a quote that I hold on to. It says that the power of an image is in the awareness of a reality Right. Mm-hmm. And so you walked in that space and you saw people doing what you always knew you mm-hmm. could do. Um, and so it cemented this reality in your spirit. And so I, that's super dope. I love hearing that.
0: Definitely. And yeah, my my brother is sitting here working and he's a valued member of a team at a multi billion dollar company. Yeah. You know, and I'm just like, yo, yeah. you really came out here and did it. You know, I was just drawing <laughs> looking at him. Just
3: drawing <laughs> him you know? yeah. and I'm like, I want a job. <laughs> I'm moving to LA, Justin. Bye. <laughs>
1: so I'm curious, uh, who, who's older, Justin or Chris?
0: I hate when it's not obvious.
1: It's uh, not. It's such a compliment that it isn't. It's such uh, a compliment that it isn't. It means
0: that I've matured. <laughs> uh, I'm older. We we also have an older brother, uh, and then
3: Brandon fits in there somehow. You know. <laughs> Yeah, he's older by like 15 months.
1: Okay. Yep. Yeah. Cool.
3: Yeah. Not much at all.
1: Yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you for sharing that.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What what do y'all think about your childhood kind of prepared you for this um kind of kind of endeavor? Um what do you think your experiences growing up or just life experience as a whole kind of prepared you to make these decisions? Um I don't think you... it
3: did at all. Uh next question.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
0: Controlling. <laughs> uh
3: I, I, like when you're, you know, when you're a, 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 a kid of a single mom in Chicago, you know, like who, you know, like my mom had, uh, has creative, like her own little creative sense of creativity, um, she just—it was honestly—we drew a lot. We just that, that was like every kid. Like I, I always say, it like everyone's like, "Oh man, when did it start?" I said, "No, it it started at the same time that every every kid starts drawing." When your parents like, "Here, man, here's paper and crayon, mm-hmm. go do the thing." And I think because it was three of us doing it all the time, we just sort of kept we just kept doing it. And and it's a man, it's a weird thing that you just go like spiritually. It was clear that it was either by some weird sense of chance or accident that we just loved drawing and all three of us continue to love drawing and continue to foster it and continue to encourage each other to do it it's either some haphazard thing of that or it's a spiritual thing where we saw it we felt it and we just activated on it and obviously i think it's the i think it's the the spiritual side where we just we we just loved doing it and we just kept doing it and and i think the way that that plays into our childhood was like there, we didn't have sports. You know what I mean? Our, our our parents didn't sign us up for a baseball league or, you know what I mean? Like we, we weren't going to church. You know, we, we didn't grow up. Our mom was is spiritual, but she, she wasn't a, a devout Christian where we were going to church or anything. Like there was no, – we didn't have a vehicle. So it was like you're at home playing video games, uh, but it was four of you and there was one system. So, you know, you're like, all right, well, what else am I going to do? So it was just a lot of – the, our, our childhood meant you better find something to do and fortunately we found drawing and Saturday morning cartoons helped feed that and comic books help feed that and we just kept doing it so uh, to me I think about that mm-hmm. a lot you know we just did it a ton. Mm-hmm. I, I talk to a lot
0: of people especially artists and I, I say it, you can't create story without mm-hmm. adversity you know you, you have to have those things in. Uh, I'm sure Brandon has talked about his life A lot on this podcast (laughs) what he was going through we were going through a lot of the same things obviously you know um we are like our father and his mother were brother and sister so that's how we're cousins um it's on our on our father's side and you know we spent a lot of time there but there was a lot of adversity growing up growing up on the south side spent time between the south side and north side Mm -hmm. Um, our mother is from the north side um and uh, you know, it was really hard, it was really difficult, you know, growing up as a black person in an inner city and everything that comes with it. Uh, the cool thing is, when you're a kid, you don't know how poor you are, mm-hmm. you don't know how <laughs> right. how crazy the hood is. It's just your life, you know, right? And you see the other side, and you're like, Well, hold up, what, what, why is it not the same, man? I'm right. have the same opportunities, you know. Um, but that's where story comes from, and then now the story that we're telling, um, at, at work for a feature film that's going to end up costing $125 million about two kids from Chicago, wow. you know, uh, who discover art. So, like, so every day we're like, nah, he wouldn't do it like that. Mm. It would be like this, you know. Yeah. yeah. And you could be able to bring an authentic. And, you know, it, you, you, when you, some, you stop and you look up at the sky, and you're like, God, wow. I, 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 I lamented being in that situation that I was in as a kid. Mm. And now look mm. at how it's paying off you know yeah uh so i'm like it still sucked but man thank you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Right. right, Uh yeah. so I, I, you know that's like the short answer you know for like how hard growing up was and now getting getting to reflect that life on
2: screen you know eventually let's stop, mm-hmm. let's, stop. let's stop yeah man so like it's it's been a minute since I connected with y'all man and um and, I, and like and I, every time I hear the stories and conversations, I get super nostalgic about our upbringing and and you know just the times we made like you know this the stupid stuff we did uh <laughs> the, the, I mean I remember um you know just having our lights turned off and the way that we used to clown and have a good time even in those yeah. situations, and how we were able to make you know eliminate our lemons and um, yeah. And the fact that, like, you know, a lot of my faith and my upbringing has to do with my relationship with y'all, you know. Yeah. Um, it's it's placed in the context to, um, you know, I think Justin, like, sprung his ankle, um, cussing us out on the basketball court. and I was uh, doing y'all that day, man. No, you, <laughs> <was>. <laughs> you, you were. It was great. Yeah. We not. Yeah, he we're cussed not. us on the basketball court. And he couldn't hoop no more. And it was like, our lights were turned off, and that was the only thing we could do it was, like, go play ball or go steal food somewhere or something. And then we would... uh we would we we were at the court hooping, and uh, Justin was back at the crib reading the scriptures, you know. And um, and he came back, you know. We come back, you know, acting a fool, and he was like, you know, super self righteous and stuff because he's. I was not. He was stuck in the crib, so he had to like. He had to be. He was super like. Well, you like that language you use. You, <laughs> you, you need to tone that back and. Brandon, on the court, you're pretty prideful, so I think you need to manage that and stuff like that, you know. So, okay,
0: why sound like Barack Obama, bro?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my man found it. My man, my man evolved. He had a spiritual evolution, and like I'm gonna tell his version, and then I'm gonna tell the truth.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I appreciate that when you're being pious, you sound like Barack Obama. Keep telling that story, man.
2: Man, but I mean, it was like uh, weird You walk in, we had this like this we we all slept in this one room. Like, this, this, like, it was oh, like man. four of us in one room. It was like dirty clothes all over the floor. And he I just couldn't imagine up. if I went out walked in and smelled that
3: room right now. Oh, I would oh, be my, god. <laughs> oh my god.
2: Yeah. Oh man. So, you know, yeah. My man's sitting at the desk, his art desk with the little candle <laughs> and light. Light. cause we didn't have lights on. So he had a little candle and he's reading the Bible next to the candle, like judging us. Yeah. It was just like the like, like a We walked in, he we walked in, he closed the Bible and was like, Okay. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Talk about your actions. But yeah, you got that Bible out of the drawer above the drawer <laughs> where it. it's like, don't yeah. stop like this. I mean like you were you were five inches away from making the same choice. That's
0: why I, 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 <laughs> right. I was. I had way more humility than that, y'all. Got y'all me. listeners out there. That was great. It
3: yeah. was great. But Gosh, yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, All I just say is it's been a long journey, and, and watching you guys uh, come from that and everything that we experienced, man, is, again like super proud of you. And uh, I do want to talk a little bit about how like enter into an in- industry as you've entered most spaces, educational spaces, everywhere else. Uh, it's pretty homogenous. It's pretty pretty white industry, right? Yeah, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you you guys enter that space coming with a story and a narrative very similar to how you came to the comic con and so forth, and uh, and 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 do saying like you know you got you got to adapt, you got to change, you got to look like these artists. You can't tell your story the way you tell your story. Um, It'd be mm-hmm. interesting to hear like how you navigated those spaces and how you guys were able to traverse it in like like over these like over a decade, you know?
3: Um, yeah. Justin, I'm to you, 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 couldn't answer first. <laughs>
0: um, <clears throat> I don't know. It, it's been a really strange experience. I think that, uh, just first of all, yeah, it's very homogenous. I mean, from day one, I, the first place I worked at was this place called film Roman, a small little studio, but they had a contract with Marvel, uh, studios. And Marvel didn't have their own animation space, uh, back in the day, so they was sign contracts with these small studios, so I'm, I'm basically working at Marvel, and you're right, dude, it's just, I, I'm the only brother up there. Every night, I mean, you'd see a couple of, you know, black folk around, um, but I'm pretty much the, the only one, and I think that um, California is a different place, man, you know, like, on the outside, everybody is, like, real cool, you know, it doesn't, it's not like you're working down and, like, a plantation in North Carolina, you know what I mean? Where <laughs> just angry and just want to put you down out here. It's like, everybody has to perform. you got to perform a duty. You're being paid a lot of money to do a thing. So, uh, sit there and, and do that thing. The, where like, obviously people have, there's a lot of unconscious bias, you know, and that's just a product of growing up in whatever community or environment. That these folks grew up in, so then you know every now and then somebody say something, and you're like, "Yo, you don't realize it, but that was some real, you know, that was very like, you know, racist." So, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you don't realize it when you're and how you're talking to me. You want to talk to your, you know, blah blah blah, and they're like, "Oh, dang, where am I?" You know, uh, it, it, when you're, if it happens to you, uh, what I found in my experience is Chris and I came out here and just started destroying, bro. Just like let's just get busy, you know, because. All the years of struggling to draw comics, we learned how to draw well, you know, and we realized quickly that a lot of people get hired, then they learn how to draw, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, we already came in like ready to kill it. So um, a lot of the studios were like, yo, man, it's like our ability to draw is what kept us there, you know, so we were, we were valued, you know, so like a lot of the adversity came from, I think I would say like it came from within, you know, like the ability to finish, to do things, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I think that sometimes we, when you get looked at by a supervisor and you can't, you can't finish that thing, it's looked at differently when they see you, you know, as a black person. It's like, oh, here we go. You know, and that's where a lot of the bias will come out. You know, it's like, no, I'm the same as everybody else. I'm learning the same way. But when you look at me, you see, what you see is you can't do this because of who you are not because of your experience. You know what I mean? That, that was a lot of adversity, but that didn't last that long. You know, After a while, Chris and I you know, were starting to run things.
1: This is a good point to take a break to tell you about a few resources and organizations we appreciate. If you run a small or mid-sized business and want to increase customer engagement through your marketing channels, such as social media, then get in touch with Jade Productions, That's J-J-A-E-D Productions. They can create beautiful video solutions for your business. You can reach them online at jadeproductions.com. Check out Daniel Hill's latest book, White Lies. It includes nine spiritual practices that can help you continue to engage in the important work of racial justice. Please visit whiteliesbook.com to order it everywhere that books are sold. Alfred D. Wittard is the social impact consultancy I founded to work with a cross-section of people and organizations to advance racial equity in communities, enterprises, and systems. Visit us at AlfredDWittard.com to learn more about our work and contact us so we can help you or your organization advance racial equity. Let's continue with a critically insightful conversation with Shamika, Brandon, and Daniel.
3: Systemic racism is so subtle, you know. What I mean, and it's like, you know, for me, I didn't, I didn't experience overt racism uh, in any way when I when I moved out here. Um, uh, I I struggled at the beginning because, like I said. I, you know, I didn't I didn't even know that I had ADHD until you know four years ago three years ago and so like a lot of the struggles that I were ha- that I was having the psychological you know anxieties and stressors and all those different things it you know you stifled it's a you know analysis paralysis it's just sort of like well what do I do and how do I do this and how do I do that um, and and I got hired July 29, 2009 and I moved, we moved out here uh we moved out here july 27 2009 so two days after i moved out here i got I got the phone call from warner Brothers. that was like come on sat like that's that's nba draft level amazing right right, right. um and then december 22nd 2009 i was getting fired because i was terrible at Warner. i didn't know what i was doing and and the way that that sort of played out when i think back on it was a lot of it was the a i was out here by myself right and as the people person you're just sort of like okay I don't have anyone to go to for any of this stuff. I just got to figure it out. Got to figure it out. Got to figure it out. Um, but the other side of it was when those things happen for a lot of the because there's a lot of uh, uh, women creatives in animation that that people don't know because they're behind the scenes, there's a lot of uh, minorities, Asian, Mexican, like uh, you know, like Puerto Rican, Dominican, Black creatives that are all behind the scenes. The the white power is. It's at the top, the producers and the decision makers. Behind the scenes, there's a lot. You feel like, oh, okay, cool. But when when you're a Black man and you are... What, what Black kid from the hood knows about his anxieties or his stressors right. or the you know what I mean? Or knows about like the reverberating effect of growing up in a single mother home. And, you know, like that, you don't know about that from the hood. You don't have that privilege to go to the doctor and have a doctor go like, yo, you need some medication because A, B and C. Right. So, so what happens is, is when you drop the ball, you know, a lot of times what I felt like was like, all I'm doing for some of these individuals that are over me is I'm validating uh, a stereotype in their mind. And they're going like, mm-hmm. yeah, well, Mm. you know what i mean like and so that's where i started sort of of started to see it and it when it wasn't like i said it wasn't overt it was just sort of like yeah well you know that's like next time you know what i mean on to the next one um that realization definitely lit a fire being fired was the best thing that happened to me because it really sort of made me really start to self-assess and go like damn who am i what am I doing and why, right? Like who am I, what am I doing and why? That that became my mantra and it still is. And, and through that, I began to sort of realize like, I don't, I can't afford to be mediocre as a black man. I can't afford it. If, whether that's true or not, it's an idea that I adopted. I cannot afford it. If I am not decimating any level of expectation, I'm, I'm at risk of getting fired and losing my, I, the Warner Brothers just showed me that, you know what I mean? And from there on, it was just sort of like, Okay, it's it's probably because I'm black. It's probably because this is a racist country that I live in. And if I don't step up and outdo everybody around me, there's gonna be something against me that they're gonna use to to fire me. And so that was that was the ammunition for a long time. And I would say over the last couple of years, I've definitely it's it's gone more to a place of I I am in a position of power. I have the ability to influence the individuals that we hire. I have the ability to influence the rhythm of the game. My, my creativity serves as a catalyst for connection to people, um, for conversation and things of that nature. So that, that served more as my, my like core push now, but earlier on it was definitely like, I can't afford to, to miss a shot. I got to be Kobe and Jordan on every level. So okay. that was, that was the, the early one.
2: That's a, that's a weight though, ain't it? Like when you, when you walking around, like, like with no ability to fail, no ability to, to make the same mistakes that your colleagues and your peers can, and yet you find yourself like having to outperform and, you know, you hear the, the trope all the time, Um, I, you, know, like, you know, you know, you got to be twi- like twice as good, um, 10 times better. You got to work twice as yeah. um, hard. Half, the like, <laughs> half the time. All right. And half the time. Yeah. You got to turn it around. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I can imagine that being like anxiety inducing as well. Um, I know for me, like
0: mm-hmm. I, I didn't, I didn't want there to, you don't want the tropes. You know, like, you don't want to be... Because you're only one of a few. So you don't want that <laughs> stigma, you know? So, whether like Chris was saying, whether it's there or not, which, you know, like I said, there was a lot of unconscious bias, you know? But whether it's there or not, you don't want it. So I'm I'm going to stay here till 2 in the morning every night, you know, to make sure that I... That... <laughs> I remember they threatened to fire me at Marvel. It was a sweatshop. And, you know, that's a literal turn here in animation, where it's like you know, you have to do a lot of work in a very small amount of time. They're, they kind of don't really exist anymore, but Marvel was terrible. You had to do a ton, a ton of work in a short amount of time. And everybody was late. Um, but I was on uh, the show The Avengers, and they came at me, and they were like, look, season two is starting. You cannot ever be late. And I'm like, bro, that's everybody is late. You, I have to do 12 script pages in four weeks. Right? And we're all going to be late. But why <laughs> am I the one? They're like, yeah, but like, you're egregiously late, you know? So I'm like, all right, bet. Yeah. I was the only one on time for weeks. And I just, and I, but I had to work till one in the morning and it was affecting my marriage, you know, it was mm-hmm. affecting my health. Uh, and, and, but I was like, I can't quit, you know, cause like, I don't have any other opportunities. Like this is my, you know, blah, blah, blah. And a lot of times when you're just working, you, you know, I use this analogy where you're an mm-hmm. engine, but you don't know what kind of car you are, you know, mm-hmm. uh, cause you're in there. You're just, you're just working away and you're making this car go. Uh, But after a while, I I stepped back, and I'm like, yo, I'm a Ferrari. This whole time. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I'm sitting up there firing on all cylinders, and I thought I was a Pinto. They kept telling me I was a Pinto, you know, but I'm actually a Ferrari. So I went into work one day. I was like, yeah, this is my last day. And they were like, no, you can't leave. And I'm like, where? Because they literally, I was literally on my last strike, you know. Uh, And so I left, you know, and my career has been amazing ever since, you know. I mean, I learned a lot of lessons there, but yeah, once you put me on the right track, room, I was gone. You know, uh, yeah. so yeah, it, it is a weight, B. It is, it is the weight of like I have to, I have to split this narrow gap. You know, because as soon as I don't, as soon as I take my eye off the ball, I, I feel like mm-hmm. I'm going to be screwed. You know, Yeah. yeah. So like ba-
1: back in the day, they used to call what you two are describing the black tax right, the additional price that we have to pay um, to be seen as just as good as peers that we are clearly outperforming. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not sure Mm -hmm. if there's a modern day equivalent for that term. And Justin, I appreciate you naming some specific ways um, in which that tax that you were paying impacted your personal life um has there been at any point in your career where you've resented um the amount of tax that you've had to pay and if so how did you um constructively like metabolize that so that it didn't transform you into someone you didn't like
0: i i was i was working real late and i used to work with this brother named leo reilly who was one of the he's a next level uh black dude that works uh that worked at marvel for years actually works at dreamworks right now and he was running a show uh and I would see him one in the morning. That was He worked that, that late because that was his special time to get work done. And I was complaining to him one day. And I'm just like, bro, when you work this hard, things are supposed to happen for you. Like, good things are supposed to happen. It shouldn't be, I'm just working this hard just to stay here, you know? So, like, I, I was feeling very resentful in that moment, you know? And funny enough... Leo offered me my first directing job at Marvel. He went to the to the folks upstairs and was like, this is one of the hardest working dudes ever. And they were like, who are you talking about? They're not talking about that cat, because that dude is he's lazy, he's never on time, blah, 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 blah. You know, like, it, there was two versions of me, bro, you know? so i it, But he was like, I, no, you guys can't see. You can't see who this dude is, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I ended up turning him down. Uh, I turned him down and went to Warner Brothers, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But that was the time I was very resentful, you know, uh, of the amount that I had to do in order to just maintain my job.
1: Yeah. Please correct me if this is projecting, but hearing you you say, and perhaps you're paraphrasing, when they responded with, well, he responded with, you can't see him. Mm -hmm. Um, And I want to project, because I've lived this, that they couldn't see beyond the stereotypes. They couldn't see beyond the personification, right? They couldn't see beyond the tropes. Um, So they missed the value that you held. And I'm super excited. I think it's one of the dopest things I've heard all day that when they were under appraising you, you mm-hmm. did an accurate appraisal mm-hmm. and realized that you were a Ferrari. Like that mm-hmm. is one of the dopest <laughs> revelations I've heard today.
0: Mm-hmm. You, you know, and it, this was like, okay. Like when you work like a menial job, you know uh, when I'm working at Marshalls or whatever, you expect certain things to happen because it's a revolving door. Like you're working with people every day here. I'm like, I, I don't mm-hmm. want to believe that this is what it is. Mm. And, you know, I read this book one time called white away and I'm like, Yo, <laughs> <laughs> what is it? this is exactly <laughs> what it is. It's, it was what it was. I just didn't want to, I just didn't want to believe that that's what it was, you know? And then when you finally, re- mm. when it finally reveals itself as what it is, you know, then you could be like, ah, I, I wasn't, it's not that I couldn't wait for it to happen, but it it made sense when it did. It's like, obviously, yeah. you know, obviously. Um, but that place, that place was not good, man. They're, they're a lot better now. Disney took over Marvel, you know, um, and Disney is Disney. We could talk about that too, but uh, <laughs>
1: it's That's not a, it's
0: very homogenous that- there as well. The most homogenous, you know, um, but. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely—it's it, not—it project, is projecting, but you're right to project. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, Justin, I like you already because one of the things I try and get Daniel and Brandon to say every episode is that I'm right. Okay. I didn't even have to prompt you to say that. You said that on your own.
2: Don't ever do it again. They
0: they text me to say, don't say that. Do not ever. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell. tell. Um,
1: (laughs) But also hearing you say that you wanted to believe that it was something that it wasn't was, it was hope. And it just sounds like the spirit just redirected the the aim for your hope, right? Mm -hmm. Your hope shouldn't have been in Marvel. You just wanted it directed somewhere else. And so, Yeah. um, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Um, you got a question you want to ask Daniel? Like these, 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 these are some of your proteges. Um, no,
0: I mean I'm I'm loving listening to the story. I, I
2: too, I'm just like in awe of the way you guys have both become Ferraris in your own right in the in the Los Angeles kind of environment there, and uh, it's it's super impressive. It,
0: um, I'm leaning Brandon, you and Shamika to like kind of draw out like what are the things that really helped kind of center this conversation. So I'm loving listening to it though.
2: Yeah, um, I, I think a, lo- a lot of the, the, the initial part of the conversation, we were just trying to draw out the, 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 the ideas of like, mm-hmm. what is it that allows folks to kind of navigate these spaces? And mm-hmm. um, and, I, and I think a lot of about like even some of the character designs that you guys come up with, some of the backgrounds that you have and the way you infuse your story into the stories you create, um, um, that in a lot of space, like I, I think we underestimate the importance of having that, that level of diversity, that level of representation in the arts, um, because I do think that the arts is critical for us to create hope, you know, and for us to, you know, to trigger the imagination, for us to imagine a world where we're not governed and stewarded by white supremacy, where those realities, I think it's important for black folks to, to dream of that world. I think that was, mm-hmm. was, was so right. stirring about Black Panther and so forth. It was at the, mm-hmm. the world where these paradigms are flipped and shift. And it's almost, it's the story that we hear about the kingdom of heaven, right? Um, so. It's things like that that I think um, like like the importance and the pillars that the arts play in creating and allowing us to kind of like tell stories that 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 can that we can draw hope from. So, um, Absolutely. And, you know, Absolutely. And you, you know, go ahead, Chris, my bad.
3: No, no, I, I'm just agreeing with you. Yeah. And and to be. Yeah. I mean, just it's it's great to be. Like coming into your realization of your place in this world as a black man, um, for the for the better or for the worse, when you come into contact with that realization, yeah, it can be it can be heavy and daunting and scary, you know, because yeah. it's sort of like, damn, how many bullets did I avoid? How many like false convictions did I avoid? How many this? I mean, that, that realization mm-hmm. is is jarring, you know. Um, but then, but then there is this. There's this other thing that is yeah rooted and grounded in that in your contribution that you really couldn't even say was your contribution for mm-hmm. a long time, but then you finally say it and you acknowledge it and you sort of go like, man, as a creative, I get to facilitate a dialogue that mm-hmm. that really does encourage people and really does mm-hmm. um, activate and see people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and that that has been a real. Really, really, really amazing thing to experience, and I, you know, I, I'm enjoying it a, a lot. And it feels, with, with everything going on around us, um, there there were times where, yeah, like after the George Floyd thing, yeah, there were just times where I'm just sitting here drawing, you know, in my office, and I'm just crying, and I'm like, whoa, yeah, you know I mean, like it's just, you know, like it, the reality, the gravity of that hits you in a way, and and, and it might just be as you get older and you're, you're, you're t- you just go, like, I'm going to die one day, right? Like, But something about that, it hits, and you're just like, okay, well, how do I respond, and how do I activate, and how do I do something? And it's the fact that Justin and I have this amazing platform. It's the fact that we are two mm-hmm. Black directors at a giant studio building a message of hope and speaking to those things. I mean, two artists... I, I, no experience in, in, in feature animation. One of them is from Minnesota, a homie of mine, Seth. I was like, we're hiring him. We're pulling him in. He's never experienced anything, but we're pulling him in as a designer on our movie, um, uh, which I probably just get some away, but I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but then there was another one from from Africa, who's I've been a fan of for a long time. Like A couple of them from Africa. Yeah, <laughs> a couple from Africa that were like, yo, they're dope. Give them, let's go. Let's bring them in. And that ability to be a part of that that ability to go like we can say like yeah let's do that let's grab that person and bring them in and allow them to have a voice here those different things have been so yeah. amazing like those are blessings that I'm just like god I didn't I didn't see that coming when mm-hmm. we were laying on the rug of River City talking about Dave Chappelle show you know what I mean like I didn't, yeah. I
0: didn't see that.
3: I, I, I was going
0: to so speak to that because like I, there's a there's a lot of okay the black people that, that live out here and work out here in all facets of the industry, we don't see that we're in different facets of the industry. Mm -hmm. We see, yo, that's a black man doing this thing. You know, that's a black woman doing their thing. And we're coming up with some next level creatives, y'all. I mean, a lot of folks, we know a lot of people that work, some pivotal folks who worked on Black Panther. Uh, I mean, these are, these are friends of ours, you know, Um, we know like a, a lot of people that are like doing the thing. And, our our thing out here is like we're not looking at yes the adversity is there and like yeah it's a struggle and yeah we're speaking out against that but we we got things to do and we we be serious about this man you know what I mean like I'm trying to I'm trying to do my thing and and after like this this with everything that's been going on the last few years you know it, it's a trend probably. But it's like, we got to hear more Black voices. We got to hear more Black voices. And Chris and I are benefiting from that. And he's like, yeah, you do. But we're not just Black voices. You know, we're something that you have been missing for so long. Here, I'm going to show you, Bob. And they're like, yeah, man. Like, where have you guys been? It's like, in front of your face the whole time. We've been here the whole time. You know, like so many other people. Uh, So now we're just, it's more than just, we need you to tell your story. It's like, our studio cannot function without you. Yeah. We just, we literally, like, you guys are the reason why things are, are, are moving, you know? And that's across the board, like, because like you said, like, you know, all the times of like, we got to be better. We got, Chris and I can draw our tails off. All that was just weightlifting, man. You yeah. know what I mean? It's just yeah. weightlifting. So then, and that's everybody, like the writers, every, we, we come in and we know what we're doing. A lot of times it will, people will have careers out here because they know somebody, uh, they, they get a favor or whatever. And you could tell, like, yo, that's a terrible idea. And when you see them, you get ready and you're out, you know. But a lot of that, like, you're going up against my man, Ryan Coogler, who just made a billion dollar movie. A billion dollars. A billion. A thousand million. That's who you're going against. <laughs> right. And so your little garbage movie about a talking cat. You got to come with it, bro. Because you got to compete mm-hmm. with this.
3: You know what I mean? So,
0: yeah.
3: yeah. It's pretty insane. And, but, but also too, it's a weird thing where you realize the power of uh, silencing people. Right. right. Like I don't even have, like if I have power, I don't even have to hate you in order mm. to get you out. I don't even have to hit you. I don't have mm-hmm. I can just that's if so I bad. have the power to silence yeah. people, I can eradicate your existence. And that's what that's what it's meant mm-hmm. for minorities in entertainment. For the longest time. That's why we see so many garbage movies, too, Right, because if you don't have a diversity of voice, you're not going to have a diversity of story and content. And so the power of diversity to black dudes in the city of Chicago with 20 years combined under, under their belt, putting them in a position to tell your story is that, like, we're going to win on so many levels because so many of these concepts could not have been explored. You couldn't explore them. Right. But now you get to, so there's a there's a practicality to it as well, and you go know yes. like, dang, like when they when they stop silencing individuals, they allow people to to activate. You get, you get great content out of it as well, uh, so it's been that's been pretty fantastic to, to experience that.
2: Um, so yeah, I want to check in with you guys to see like the role your faith played, and you you all persevering and like kind of getting through this. Um. You know, like you, you talked a little bit about Auntie Mary, you know, uh, being spiritual but not necessary, uh, like a like church going her whole life. You know, but mm-hmm. you know, um, tell us a little bit about y'all's your, your spiritual journey and like how this plays a role and like how you persevere and so forth.
3: Auntie Mert, point blank, period. My Auntie Mert, man, uh, yeah, it, it started there, and, and 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 you know, like her her journey and, and Brandon, of course, you know, like her journey was so. Uh, rich and multifaceted and there's so much of our family um that that we don't know about but when i sit and i think about the way that she traversed um the adversities and and even just the the normal days for auntie murray where you just see her on that couch with her feet up you know leaning on her hand like that like those different things the the normalcy the 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 her her humanity really sort of like it was this amazing, I always think about like just the journeys of like King David in a lot of ways where you just saw her strength through her flaws. You saw her strength through her humanity. And, and so then when she was sitting there reading us from the King James Version too. it was boring as hell. Key Don't say that in front of the key. She <laughs> was just sitting there reading it and you're like, man, what in the world? And it wasn't until that those later years when we moved to Bartlett, where you're just seeing this part of her that was aging and getting into this real humanity of herself. That like that's where my faith, I feel like that's where I learned sort of the God's grace, but God's activation was, was through observing that. And so that is that that. Constantly, 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 constantly sings in my ear and, and sort of reminds me like God has activated me, flaws and all. And He's He's, he's like, You're going to move, you're going to go, you're going to fall, you're going to hurt, but those will serve as catalysts for connection, as connectedness to the people around you. And that's, that's constantly, I'm, I, you know, this is my ministry. My ministry is creating and dialoguing and being the same. Dumbass Chris Copeland that, you know, was stealing shoes from Marshalls. Well, uh, I'm not stealing <laughs> stuff no more. Except my kids' snacks. I'll be destroying his snacks. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah,
3: but that's man. same guy, that same guy, man. I, I, I'm just, that. I'm, just I'm that. I'm that dude because I really, truly believe that God is activated and shown through the fullness of our mm-hmm. humanity. And those things sort of keep me going and, and keep this exploration side of me activated. Um, so much so that you know it, it reminds me to, to stop in my days and sort of put the prayers up
2: and talk to the Lord about
3: the little things here and there. So,
0: you guys already told my spiritual journey. So,
2: yeah, my, my yeah. mom used to, used, to, used to beat your uh, used to beat your butt too, Chris. So, that's
3: yeah. oh, yeah, well, yeah, she had to be somebody like it was, it had to be my crazy self. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, somebody had to get a spanking, that's
2: true, it had to be you.
1: Well, Chris, you bought those snacks, so you are you're entitled to them. So don't feel guilty about. Exactly. You pay. You pay for those I bought, snacks. I bought them for
2: them.
3: I
1: for them. <laughs> exactly. Air quotes. Air quotes. Right. Um, one of the things, as you all know, that we explore on this podcast at length sometimes is the topic of white supremacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that we've talked about over the course of the season is how. Um, one of the disadvantages to those who are tethered to whiteness is that they're unable to see the way white supremacy is functioning in the world around them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Brandon has described it as um, it dulls the mm-hmm. senses, right? It stifles the imagination. Um, and so the, the link between that and what you all are doing is that um, you help your white counterparts sometimes, not all of them mm-hmm. obviously, see a world that they're not able to see on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. you're already paces ahead of imagining a new and better world, because they're just mm-hmm. beginning to understand the world that is oppressive. Right. The world that is dangerous, the world that is bad. Um, so they don't really have to imagine anything better. But you as black men have to constantly imagine another world. And so Amen. I'm sorry, Justin.
0: That's fantastic. Sorry. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm super excited, and I want to name two. Um, there's so many things that you've said that has really impressed me. But one of the things that you've modeled over this conversation that deeply impresses me. Um, and as I said on the podcast before, I'm a person of a certain age, and so I say this a lot to young Black professionals. We can't walk into professional spaces expecting or waiting for white leadership to validate. Um, the breadth and depth of the skill sets that we bring. Um, We bring soft skills to work that they'll never, ever be able to detect because they don't understand what it takes Mm -hmm. to be able to have to navigate white spaces as a Black professional, right? And so one of the things that we have to do, we have to grow in our ability to confidently name and celebrate our contributions to the places that we're in. And you all have unflinchingly named your job titles, the scope of your responsibility, your contributions to the places that you work and your impact on the industry. And I'm proud of you for modeling that. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you. Amen. Thank you. And I I just want to say this. I just want to kind of, I I appreciate you. I appreciate you saying that. And yeah, Chris and I have zero qualms about, you know, saying what we do and where we work at. A lot of people throw that around like a business card or whatever, but, we're trying to motivate folks around us, you know, yes. every day, you know, because everybody's looking, you know. Um, but I will say this, too, about my, my spiritual journey. Uh, when I got here, it was so scary, man. It, it's extremely overwhelming because I have two kids, I have a wife, and I have no job, as Brandon has said. Uh, and I'm stupid for doing this. Uh, but so I'm like, but I'm like, God, you got me here. And so I'm, I'm where I didn't even, I wanted to make live action films, you know, but we had a camera <laughs> when we were kids uh (laughs) with no film in it uh (laughs) uh, we used to we used to direct we used to make funny little movies make movies air quotes um and it was assumed that i'm the director nobody we don't even got to say it (laughs) i am the one that's gonna that's gonna direct this thing you know and i wanted to come out here and make live action movies but god chose since I didn't have a camera as a kid, we had to draw, you know, like Chris said. So Mm -hmm. that's how I got good at drawing. I'm like, I got to tell the story. I got to say something, you know, that ain't no accident, man. You know, that ain't something drawing by, dude, I still got a lot of that art when the lights were off. They got wax things on them, (laughs) you know, from the candles. It's Mm -hmm. like something drawn by Mm candlelight, drawing through adversity, you know. Uh, Yeah, just living the life of uh, of, uh, poor black people. Being Mm -hmm. kicked out, you know, um, Mm -hmm. not seeing our mom, not seeing our family, not seeing our cousins for years on end or long periods of time. That's hard on people, man. Imagine not seeing your family, you know. Uh, So drawn to all that, like, God, I know that it's not an accident. I know. I I think the spiritual journey is being connected with the Holy Spirit and saying and knowing Mm -hmm. that that adversity that you're going through is not for nothing. And it's not just for your job. You know, uh, God is building up your spirit for that kingdom life that's to come, you know, yes. and that kingdom life that's here on earth, you know. Mm. So when I see my brother laying in the street with a cop on his neck, man, dude, I, I just I, I mourned. I mourned for the world. And Chris and I can't go out and, you know, because of COVID times and and protest the way that other people protest. So I sit down at my desk the next day and, you know, in my, in my office mm. at DreamWorks and I'm just like, OK, this is how I protest. You know, I'm about to do it right now. You know, and I sit in the meetings, you know, Mm -hmm. and just dream of a better day that I'm about Mm -hmm. to put down on film. You know, Mm -hmm. so our heroes,
3: our heroes in our movie, um, when I designed them, I designed them Mm -hmm. all in hoods. So they all have hoodies uh, for Trayvon. Um, And that's one one of like 30 different things that we're actually going to be doing, you know, keep keep those things present because. You know why? Because we can't. And it looks dope as hell. So at some point, the practicality of that, that's the thing. And that's the, that that goes back to what I was saying earlier. I need to be dope so that when I put something down. Right. We're not going to have too much of a conversation because they're like, "Yo, that's just dope. You know what I mean? And then behind that, what I'm doing is I'm saying and it's not it's not a subtle thing. It's not like a well, what they don't know is, I'm like, no, this is for Trayvon, Mm -hmm. you know, and then I got another list for Brianna, I got another, like, we got a whole list of things that are going to be in this movie. And and the cool thing is, that
0: movie comes out in three years, so it brings that conversation back around, you know, Mm -hmm. we can talk about those things, like, you know, like the hoodies, that ain't no accident, you know, Uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, they got dreads, you know, when the kids got dreads, you know, that's not no accident, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean, all these things, we get to keep that thing, that conversation
3: going, you know.
1: Mm.
3: Yep, yep. That's the fun yeah. part.
1: There is not one form of activism. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Nah. No, nope. this movie's going to live for a long time. <laughs> it'll be it'll be around for mm-hmm. a long time. And, and every time it comes on, they'll remember the names of these individuals that that fell. And, and to be able to do that um, and then to be able to do it with uh, black creatives that we we were a part of bringing in and going like, yo, let's go. Let's do it. That feels special. It feels amazing. You know what I mean? And do it amongst with allies, Mm -hmm. with white allies who really are going like, teach us, talk to us, like, let us know uh, through your craft, right? Like, not through a a 20 minute symposium where I'm having to explain to them. No, 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 no. Like, I get to tell our stories. We get to tell our stories through our craft. And that, uh, like I said, that's the catalyst for dialogue that that we we haven't seen in entertainment.
2: Um, Yeah,
1: And that way it doesn't feel like labor. Mm -hmm. It feels cathartic instead because you get to tell it in the medium that you prefer.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. It
0: feels great. Really great. Uh, But then also talking to my cousin, you know, who is like, I mean, you know, (laughs) Brandon's brilliant with this stuff. You know, he thinks about stuff and you're like, what? Dang son. Like, how can I turn that into something? Visually, visually I got to be able to do something with this, you know? So, you know, I'm writing, I'm writing stories. Uh, yeah, I gotta, I gotta show this next level. I'm trying to, I want to sell it, but I'm we're locked under contract. Sure. I wrote the pilot, you know, and it's about, it's about black folks in mid-century, you know, in 1950s, uh, who created our middle class, you know, mm. and I, I can hear my cousin talking about certain things, you know, and I'm like, I could put that here, you know. Uh, I, obviously, you don't, you can't do all the things, you know. Uh, right. Right. But. A lot of those things come back into my mind, you know, and I'm like, heck yeah, I got finally, you know, and it comes out in the writing. Uh, it definitely comes out in the visuals. You have things that are pointing to those things, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's like this really, really cool thing, you know, that we get to do. We, we had some fun. We had a lot of fun. I remember, you know, when Brandon got his, well, as ugly as he is, got a modeling gig, um, and he was like, oh, snaps, I got this check for this thing I did four months ago. Let's go, and we would just... We would go out and have a blast. Like, hey, uh, I'll quit this job. Bye.
3: <laughs> <laughs> From tonight. Go, go. Oh,
0: <laughs> we were wild out for like however long that money would last. Like, I gotta get a job now. Uh but man, all we did and my my health, my needs are tested as every day, is just hoop. Hoop and have fun and eat ice cream at two in the morning. Uh Go to Cub Food and Hanover Park
3: <laughs> at three in the morning. Yeah. Go to White Castle. Uh, it was bad. Yeah, uh, I f- it was great though because I feel like too. We, we yeah. We, I mean, you know, you hear that we grew up together. You know, what I mean, and like we were just. You know, being in, in a fatherless home, you're 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 sort of leaning on the strengths of the people around you, right? Like hopefully on Tuesday, Brandon is in the mood to where he can tell me not to do the wrong thing, right? Like, hopefully this Wednesday I could tell Justin to not do that thing. So like it was sort of that weird organic seesaw of experiencing God in a in a weird and interesting way where you were just learning and growing up together. And it a a big part of that was uh, that 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 time was so pivotal and me going like yeah I think I'm ready to go out and and try to do something because we we didn't we didn't go time without uh encouraging each other through like so just like I love you man you know what I mean like and, and what's up and like man like we can do this we can do something so those little things man like that's those are the things that that made me who who I am, you know what I mean? And and if it weren't for those times where we stood up, set up and had these conversations uh until four in the morning about every dumb little thing. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I have the the confidence and comfort to put myself out in sure. LA and like I can do this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it was it was a really pivotal time, a really special time in our life and um, yeah. And River, River City what was a humongous, humongous part of that. It really, really was. That was like at this transitional place for us where we were away from mom's house and going out into the world and Daniel and uh, Matt and Holt and Regal and how, like all of these people that those were those were for Justin Brandon, and A lot of it were our first time being around adult men, you know what I mean? And going like, damn, this is how, like Justin said, Why? filling out a checkbook, things like that. Those things are pivotal when you don't have a dad or you don't have that traditional home. So it's something that I'm thankful for. And I really, 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 really think fondly and 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 feel that that time um in my heart pretty often living in that in that church. It was great. It was really great.
1: That's awesome. Well, Brandon speaks very, very fondly of you and so much and so often that it made it one of the reasons why I was very much looking forward to this conversation. So I can't say thank you enough for not just coming because Brandon demanded that you do so, um, but just coming and sharing your heart so generously.
2: Um, I I guess I would say like, you know, I I do appreciate you brothers. And I do, I do, Chris, I think that's the best way to put it. Um, We were like, uh, we were like, parenting each other every other day like you know and you can tell when we have an off day like we got to pick one of us off from the police station or something like that that means that we, i kind of missed the, uh somebody yo, i could have
3: outrun that security guy dude
2: was fat man he was, he was, <laughs> and, he, I, I and it
3: wasn't until after after i came home from the police station she was like yo why didn't you just run <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. whatever i needed that Anyway, carry on. Sorry, but no, yeah, it was, it's um, I I appreciate the mutual parenting that we did for one another at times, and um, it yeah. was it was definitely definitely still a catalyst for me, and and, and actually a source of confidence for me as well. So, um, again, brother, I'm super proud of you. Um, I I know the whole story where you came from, and um, and the, the mountains you had to overcome, and the obstacles you faced, and the doubt that stared down at you, and so forth. Uh, like you 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 guys did you just you surpassed all of it and to see that and that you didn't take pride in it. You didn't, um, you, you re- retain a level of humility and, and, and know that, you know, you know where your blessings are coming from. So it's, uh, yeah, man. it's, uh, definitely like a blessing to see that and the testimony to like, you know, God's God's hand in your life. So I, I appreciate you guys.
0: Yeah. I appreciate you guys too. Thanks. Thanks for having us on, man. It, it's so dope. And he ain't say done today, but Daniel Hill is, is very pivotal in our story. You know, uh, uh, we had a lot of a lot of good times with that fool too. I remember one time to do a half a deep dish pizza by himself.
3: From Giordano's too, or uh,
0: Giordano's, man. Epic, yeah. epic. I still remember that. I, if I had a trophy, bro, MVP right there. Uh, we got lots of stories with this dude, but just watching this man. And here's the thing: I know you were struggling. I know that it was hard, dude, because you were you were talking about white supremacy when people were like, "Man, what are you?" T-? You know, when nobody wanted to hear it
2: yeah when and, it
0: wasn't a thing and it's and but he'd show up with jokes, you know uh and we just play around and act a fool you know while we're trying to do a serious thing so i i appreciate those memories those memories are are me you know uh so yeah thanks for having us on to to talk about it i we had a lot of self-control today because we could have clowned out right now
3: Oh, uh, God. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah just because all the memories so thank you guys thanks for having us on yes Thank you guys. And thank you for, thank you guys for, for what River City is doing, man. I, I, I it really is dope. Like in this time, and one of the things that I've been speaking, we've been speaking at a couple of colleges to, to students about like, you know, this time as, as creative. And I, I feel like this is a really special time for the church as well. And how to navigate, um, how to navigate outside of the paradigms that have been established for the the western you know white culturally white american church right now and and daniel like just seeing how you have continued this conversation that you initiated so long ago um when we're sitting in the the parking lot of white castle eating, eating white castle together man like it's just it's amazing and encouraging to see and um you guys and your evolution in in this progress progressive these progressive steps is really amazing so i'm uh, as proud as you guys are of us brandon you too and and shamika like i'm really really proud of you guys in river city and i i you know anytime we can come on and be a part of anything you guys are doing I'm, i'm excited so thank you
1: that wraps up this week's episode thank you for listening to listen in with shamika brandon and daniel Please subscribe to, comment on, and rate Listen In on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, follow us on Instagram at Listen In Pod and join our Listen In Facebook group. Or you can write to us at hello at listeninpodcast.com. Have a great week.